Hello, and welcome to the new episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world, all in around six minutes. This week, we bring you news on clean energy projects in Angola, a port expansion project in Cape Verde, the construction of a thermal power plant in Mozambique, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you. We start off this week's episode with news that the World Bank has approved a total of 22.5 million US dollars in additional financing to the original off-grid electricity access project. The funding will be carried out in the form of grants from the International Development Association and the Clean Technology Fund and aims to support the development of the market for standalone solar products in Western and Central Africa, including a dedicated effort for the Sahel countries. The new financing will help respond to the high demand for reliable electricity, as well as create jobs and improve the living and economic standards in the region. Meanwhile, in Angola, North American company Sun Africa will invest 524 million euros in seven photovoltaic parks with a total capacity of 370 megawatts. The BOPO site alone will have a capacity of 188 megawatts, making it the largest single solar PV project in sub-Saharan Africa. Funded by the Swedish Export Credit Corporation and supported by the Swedish and U.S. governments, the project will be installed in three Angolan provinces, Luanda Norte, Luanda Sul and Moshiku, and its construction by the Portuguese Angolan MCA Group should be completed in the third quarter of 2022. The mega-project, in which Miranda is proudly involved, will enable the electrification of several regions, marking a new turning point in the diversification of energy supply in the country. Still on the subject of clean energy in Angola, the African Development Bank has announced the financing of 530 million US dollars for the construction of a 343 kilometer 400 kilovolt central south transmission line, which should be operational in 2023. The project is expected to improve the distribution of clean energy between the north and south regions, reducing the use of diesel power generators and saving the Angolan government more than 130 million US dollars per year in diesel subsidies. Continuing in the energy sector, Angola has hired a consortium led by U.S. company Quantine to build a 100,000-barrel-per-day refinery in Soyu under a 3.5 billion U.S. dollar build-own-operate contract. The Angolan government has stated that the refinery is part of the country's downstream strategy to cut the importation of refined products by 80%. The strategy also involves increasing production at the Luanda refinery, the completion of the Cabinda plant and the construction of the Lubito refinery. As part of its privatization program, Angolan state-owned oil company San Angol is due to sell 20% of its stake in Cotivar's oil refinery, as it is no longer profitable for the Angolan company. The divestment in Société Ivoirienne de Raffinage is on the list of more than 50 Sonangol assets and stakes, both in Angola and abroad, to be sold by 2022. The list also includes Sonangol's 30% stakes in China Sonangol International Limited and China International Holding, both based in Hong Kong. 
Now, the fourth biggest industry in the world, waste management and recycling, remains relatively unexplored in Angola. While companies like Angorciclage in Luanda clearly have the ability to transform and recycle materials, waste hardly ever makes it to the facilities. In an effort to change the situation and profit from this resource, Kakuaka's board is setting up a door-to-door collection system that'll collect and process waste to be sold later to recycling companies. Meanwhile, Saint-Main Príncipe is looking to transform waste into energy, as well as other products with social value. The project was granted 2.2 million euros by the European Union and aims to solve the waste management issue in the archipelago, while promoting a circular economy and job creation. To be implemented in the country's largest city, Saint-Main, the project involves the creation of four community composting units, two recycling stations and the waste-to-energy plant. In Cape Verde, the project for the expansion of the Port Novo port in Saint-Ouen-Town was presented recently. According to the Cape Verdean government, which is looking for funding for the project, the investment may total as much as 39 million euros and will be crucial for the touristic and economic development of the region. The port, built in 1962, has three wharves with lengths of 45, 115 and 135 meters and was enlarged in 2013, allowing the expansion of of the port spurting and embankment areas, and the construction of a maritime station with a covered area of 2,000 square meters. The new project is aimed at creating an infrastructure capable of simultaneously harboring cabotage ships and 200-meter cruise ships using roll-on, roll-off ramps. Over in Mozambique, the government has announced the construction, starting in the second half of the year, of the country's largest thermal power plant in Tamani, located in the southern province of Inyabani. The plant, which will run on natural gas, will produce 420 megawatts and therefore have a critical role in producing the energy required for the country's economic and social development. Alongside this project, the government also announced a project for the Mozambique-Malawi interconnection line, connecting Matambo in the Tete province to the neighboring country, as well as the conclusion of the first stretch of the 400-kilovolt transport system connecting Shimwara to Altamolukwe in the central province of Zambezia. All of these projects and initiatives will benefit both businesses and homes and should consolidate Mozambique's position as an energy hub. In Portugal, the Nova University of Lisbon and the municipality of Almada, located on a southern margin of the Tagus River, announced the creation of an innovation district that will combine culture, technology, knowledge and nature in an effort to turn Lisbon's metropolitan area into the European Silicon Valley. The project promises an investment of 800 million euros and the creation of 17,000 jobs in Almada. It should attract national and foreign professionals who will be able to work and do research at universities School of Science and Technology while living in a sustainable community. The concept will be based on the idea of a 15-minute city, meaning that everything people need, from health to leisure facilities, will be easily accessible on foot or by micro-mobility means. Green and digital investment was highlighted by the Bank of Portugal and the European Investment Bank as a means to recover from the crisis caused by COVID-19 in the webinar Investment, Digitization and Green Financing, the Portuguese case. At the event, the European Investment Bank stated that it is looking to mobilize 1 billion euros to finance investment in climate action, including green hydrogen projects in Portugal. The institution also singled out EDP, a Portuguese electricity utilities company, as its main partner for climate transition in the country. 
Finally, Eurosham Senegal, the Council of European Investors in Senegal, launched its activities in a ceremony that welcomed the EU's ambassador to the country, as well as several members of Team Europe, an initiative designed to provide European collective support to partner countries in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. During her speech, the ambassador stated that the private sector is at the forefront of its EU-Africa strategy and that both public and private European investment is geared towards value and job creation in the country. We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back with you in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us again then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. If you have time, also drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Catarina Moraes from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.